We're doing this series on prayer, and what we want to talk about is looking at prayer maybe at a different level from a different angle. So um, many, many of the questions, I got a bunch of the questions that you, you guys have sent in, and the, a lot of the questions come around this. I put this one at the top. Does prayer work? In quotes. Does it change God's mind? Great question, right? And someone else asked, what is the scientific evidence that prayer makes a difference in the in outcomes of the lives of people who pray? And I, I did some reading on the science behind it this week, and it was really interesting because they, they actually have done scientific studies on it. And, and the guy, wrote, the, one of the uh, scientists said, well, you know, it's kind of hard to do because you have to have a control group as well as, you know, another group to compare. And so, you know, how do you tell certain people, you know, our church is not going to pray for you. Uh, we're going to pray for you because we want to see if it works, right? And he goes, it feels like a little bit of a heartless thing. But... Uh, it sets up the question very well. And it was the thing that Jesus was talking about in the Sermon on the Mount, where if I can say, I think one of the things that Jesus wanted to do was to go from one level of knowing God, one level or one way of understanding God, to a different level or a different way. So many of us grew up with a certain understanding of God. And I talked about this last week, how we need to maybe change the way we look at, the way we view God. The, the common phrases are, the man upstairs, right? And so God's on this throne, and people bring their requests, and prayer is about whether or not you're going to get the thing that you asked for. So the primary thing about prayer is this, am I going to get something or not? And it's been reduced to like a transaction. So I go to the store, I lay out a certain amount of money, and they give me the thing that I want. And so all that many people have learned about prayer is this. You've got to learn the right words. You've got to learn the right formulas. You've got to have the right attitude and all these kinds of things. And if you do all of these things, then you get your prayer answered. And if you don't, well, you obviously have done something wrong. And so uh, the, the, the teaching, and I think the church has done this for years and pastors have done this for years because you can't blame God, right? So you've got to blame the person that's doing the asking. But if I can, everybody look. I would like to this morning talk about it from a completely different understanding than transaction. That God, prayer is about getting something from God, saying the right words, you know, having God get you through school, um, you know, getting you home on time, uh, praying that it doesn't rain on your wedding day. I do a lot of that because I do a lot of weddings, you know, all these things that people ask prayer for. But what if prayer was not transactional, but prayer was transformational? That is to say, um, and if the, if the bringing the house lights up won't affect the sound, can you do that for me? All right. And if it does, then you can bring them back down. I just want to make sure they haven't left to go follow Cal somewhere. All right. Uh, if I'm just kidding. I, I'm not jealous at all. I don't feel a bit of that. Right? Um, if, if prayer is not, and, and can I just say this? I think I, 
I struggle to use the word because sometimes a word gets so tied to something that the minute I say prayer, you're thinking about that's when you ask God for things. And Jesus says, don't use all these words because your, your father knows what you need even before you, what? Even before you ask. So the idea is not that God's like, oh, I, I didn't realize you didn't have shoes. I, I, didn't, I didn't recognize you needed a job. I'm not, I wasn't aware. But this was an old understanding of God, that this is, these are the things that you needed to do to get certain things from God. A new understanding Jesus brings is to help us see that prayer is not for us to get things from God or, ready, to change God's mind, but prayer is to change what? Us. What if the whole idea is that prayer changes us? The reality is you can do the old way of praying, asking for this, asking for that. If you get it, you can kind of brag and show people, you know, this is what I got because I asked God. And people that didn't get it, think about this. Have you ever been in this conversation with like a small group or something like that? And they say, oh, we prayed for Aunt Millie and God healed her. And then you have an Aunt Sally that we prayed for and God didn't heal her. And immediately you feel the tension in the room. It's like, well, obviously you didn't do something right. You know, if you come to my house, I could show you how to pray or you need to get more people praying. And it, and it puts the blame on. And perhaps, this is what I'm trying to say, perhaps the whole idea that Jesus started to teach was this. It's not about getting things from God. It's about changing not your circumstances, but changing you. So, in Ephesians, Paul wrote this. He said, pray in the Spirit. Maybe read this, Ephesians six eighteen. But it's a really bad translation. And really, in almost every translation, it says pray in the Spirit. And it has pray in the Spirit, capital S, like it's a reference to God. A little side note, just educational purposes only, if you care about these things. There were no capital letters in the New Testament. So every time you read the New Testament, it's capital this and that. It's trying to lead the witness, right? It says pray in the Spirit, and they capitalize it. The whole thing with capital letters. Non-capital letters were invented or brought to bear much later. So it's not pray in the. There's no the there, by the way. It's the Greek word H-O. It's not there. It's just really saying pray Praying is spiritual. Pray, listen, listen, praying is not about the words that you use. Praying, we associate right away with talking to God, and I've heard so many people teach on this, and I think it's very unhelpful. Or let me just confess this. It was always really unhelpful for me. Pastors would get up, I've heard this a hundred times. Pastor gets up and says, prayer is like a conversation with God. And all my honest friends, not my real religious Christian friends, they go, yes, it is. We and Jesus just talk. But my honest friends go, how does that work? They go, I, I don't feel anything coming back. I just feel like I'm talking to the sky. And, I'm not, and I know that you, are, you, you who are very spiritual, you have a different thing because you have a real connection and you, know, you hear things and all that. But listen, Paul says, pray in spirit or ready pray spiritually he goes on to say in one of his letters pray all the time 
This is a dead giveaway. Look, this is a dead giveaway that prayer is not just reduced to an activity with your hands folded or when you're at church or when you're asking things for God. How could you do that continually? Rather, it's a different frame of mind. Ready? So outwardly, um, I was at a small group the other day and they were talking about who's going to say the prayer. Anybody been in this situation before? Now, just for grins, just for grins, how many of you here are fine praying in front of other people? Like, all the time, I got it nailed, all right? How many are like, not so much, you know what I mean? Not so much, all right? So this is what was going on in this group, and they were talking, and, and this is, I, I noticed this. It was like the unsaid thing that no one really wanted. It was like the unsaid elephant, like, you know, the people that don't pray out loud, they're just babies in Jesus. You know, they're just babes in Christ. You got to be, what, really, really mature to pray out loud because those are the people that can handle it. And the reality, this is so important. Romans 8.26 talks about wordless groanings. And it says in Romans, none of us really know how to pray. It's so humbling. Romans 8. None of us know how to pray. We don't know the things to say. And prayer is not about words. There's a Greek word in, in Romans 8.26. It means wordless. Wordless. It's the only time it's used in the New Testament. Wordless. And it's associated with prayer. Isn't that funny? Because all we ever thought was prayer is getting all the right words and all the right formulas so God will finally relent and give us the thing that we want. I'm going to go back to last week. We talked about a parent-child relationship. In a a healthy parent-child relationship, it's not, you don't play games. I mean, you do if you're just having fun, play games with your kids, say please. You know what I mean? What are the magic words? Have you done this? Right? But hopefully you're just having fun with them. It's a little sadistic if you mean it. You, you, You don't play games with them. If you say the right words, if you do the right things, then I'm going to give you these things. You are fully, 100% committed to them. You're committed to giving them everything that you can, that they need, and you're constantly trying to discern what is best for them. Is this true? You're constantly trying to think, should I give them a little less, should I give them a little more? Right? As I told the guys the other day, should I pat them on the back or pat them on the back a little further down? Right? Uh, what, is my, what is my reaction to them? As a parent, that's what you do. The most important thing that you're thinking about for them is they're good. They're good. So the idea of prayer being, I need to figure out how for God to give me these things. It makes God into some kind of a twisted parent. And the idea is this. When we ask, because it says ask, ask, ask. You say, what about that? Chris, it says ask, ask, ask. It does. Asking does something to you. Asking puts you in a position. Right? Ask. Ask. Ask is different than demand. Ask is different than take. Ask is different than, right? Ask is just ask. When you ask, it puts you in a different position. That position is the key to what we're talking about. If you put yourself in a position of asking, you're on the freeway, right? I want to get in front of this guy over here. Uh, 
blinker. Uh, how many have done that before? I'm like, I, should, I know I should have. You ask anybody? I mean, how many have done it before? All right, how many have done the other? Uh, I'm not asking. I'm, my car is faster than yours. Clearly, I will be in that spot right there. Clearly, I don't value my child's life as much as the one in your backseat, so I will, I'm getting there, right? Who, who's done this before? And what happens, think about this, what happens immediately? Blood pressure goes up in both cars. Is it right? All of a sudden, there's tension, there's anger, there's, I'm gonna get, all of a sudden, because somebody's taken something from you. Asking is the opposite of taking. So what I want you to think of prayer is this. Prayer is not getting what you want. It's kind of the opposite. Prayer is surrendering or letting go or trusting. Trusting. If the outcome of prayer is that you always get what you want, that's a different form of control or manipulation. Prayer is getting to the place where you can surrender. You can say, would it be okay if I came in here? And the, if you get the answer, no, you go, all right, I'll, I'll sneak in behind you. Is anybody with me? You and I were not brought up this way, though. If you were brought up in America, you were brought up in the culture of take what you can get, right? If you see an opening and you can get in there, you take it. By the way, this is not... Um, this is not an endorsement of my own driving, all right? I think I've done my own share of uh, showing how fast my car is to my own shame, right? But here's the thing. Alternate lifestyle. Prayer is the opposite of taking. Prayer is receiving. And when you receive, sometimes you get what you want. Sometimes you, get, you don't get what you want. But it's, it's a becoming life of surrender, wordless Romans 8 it's wordless it's best associated in Romans 8 26 as groaning that's all you got you know could you imagine your small group brother so and so could you lead us in prayer and he just starts groaning over there oh. you're like no bro we got it no sorry work on it we'll bring you back next week but what, what is it, it's associated with pain it's associated with not getting what you want. It's associated with the prayer that Jesus prayed in the garden. And it says he was praying and he was sweating as it were drops of blood. Because he was in anguish. And so when prayer is really working in our life, it's not that... It's working because now I'm changing all these things and I'm getting things. And I'm getting new jobs and, and everyone that I touch is healthy. But prayer is changing me. Do you remember Jesus giving this story about two people going into the synagogue to pray? And there's one guy here and there's one guy here. And the guy over here kneels down to say, God, I just thank you that I'm not like this sinner over here. I, I just thank you that, you know, I, and it's kind of that I'm in a relationship with you, and I don't know about everybody else, but this poor sinner over here. And, he, and Jesus says there's another guy that goes in the synagogue, and he just falls on his knees. And all he can say is, God, have mercy on me. This is the prayer of a surrendered person. And Jesus asks, which is the correct one? 
this is what most people know. And Jesus turns it around and says, this is what it's really about. Praying to get stuff is fine. It's kind of what I would call starter prayer. You know? It's how we know God in the early days of our life. Paul likened our spiritual life and journey to growing up. Like he referred to people as babes in Christ. And that's a, that's a babe mentality. That's what little children do. They ask for things, they ask for things. But he, Paul asked, he said, I want you to grow up in your faith. That is, I'd like for you to take it to a different level. And at the next level, prayer is not to get things. Prayer is to change us. Jesus gave prayer as an alternative to worry, two things, worry and judgment. I want you to think about these. They're connected in the Sermon on the Mount. Remember, that's where Jesus said, don't judge lest you be judged, right? And it's connected to prayer. And right before that, he says, don't worry. Stay with me. These two, judging and worrying, are connected to controlling. Here's how I'm going to control you. I'm going to judge you. You're not doing what I want. I'm going to judge you. I'm going to tell you that's bad. I'm going to judge you. This is my way of getting... Now, some of you have lived under this. You grew up under it. Somebody is judging you. And so this was their way of manipulating you, getting them getting what they wanted out of you. And if you're trying to get what you want out of people, you use these tactics. But this type of prayer, getting what you want, leads to more control. Ready? And this is what you're not going to like. We are control addicts. So why not? Ready? Why not just line up the idea of prayer as good? I just got to say certain words and I can have even more control of the outcomes. Prayer is about getting certain outcomes. So I'm going to give you two different ways to think of prayer. Transactional prayer, getting things, and transformational prayer. Transformational prayer doesn't get outcomes. Ready? It gets surrender. This is so unsexy. You're not going to like this. All it gets to is your will be done. That's all it gets to. It gets to Jesus in the garden. Here's what I want. Nevertheless, not my will, but what? Yours be done. Like, Chris, I don't think you're getting it right because I think what we're supposed to do is do this and this and this. And I, I get that. That To me, to me, that's all transactional. That's all young, what I would call baby in Christ prayers. Fine, nothing wrong with them. But as time goes on, and this is what's important, you're going to bump into something. And some of you haven't yet, and so that still works for you. Listen carefully. This still works. I say these certain things, and God does these things. But some of you have been through enough bumps in the road where it didn't happen. It didn't get answered. It didn't work out. And now you have to ask different questions. And this is what transitions us to a different type of person. 
God who loves you beyond words, beyond words, is not about, ready? He's not about to just spend on you the things that you think you want in your head. But what God is trying to do in me, and I believe in all of us, is God is trying to get you and I to the place where we give him control in our life. Prayer is a way of handing control over to God. And listen, ready? No one gives up control until they have to. Nobody. I was talking to my, my grandma the other day. And we went to her sister's funeral, and we came home, we're talking. And many of you know, my grandma's 95, and we were sitting around just, just talking about, you know, recent events. And my grandma said the worst thing was when they took away my car. It's so like two years ago, they took away her car, you know. Up until then, she drove everywhere, and we'd, we'd go do it. She would pick her sisters up for lunch, and they'd have lunch every Tuesday. And then they took away, they took away her car. And you can imagine what this would feel like. Now I, now I can't control what I'm doing throughout the day. Now I'm not in charge. The last thing that we give up in our life is control because we love control. And transactional prayer only fuels that version of us. Transformational prayer. It just puts it into God's hands. So I want to talk to you just for the closing minute about how to pray throughout your day. First of all, you don't need any words, but words are fine. It's wordless groanings, according to Paul. But if words start gushing out, that's fine too. But when you, when you get worried, when you get upset, when you get mad, huh? when, you, when things aren't going your way, all these are opportunities to pray. And you, you can set aside times to pray, and you can go to church to pray. All those things are good. But you can pray throughout your day. Paul said that you can pray all the time. But here's how we do it. When I'm bothered by something, I pray. Because I have really a couple of options. Reach in and grab it. Reach in and control it. You have your, you have your methods. Everybody has their different methods of Control or manipulation, whichever you prefer, right? I'll send a nasty email. I'll do something scathing. I'll write. I will find my way to get what I want in this situation. Or you pray. Trust me, it's hard to do. Trust me, it's hard to do. When you know how to get, you just got to go in there and take what you want, and you're good at it, and you've done it for years, and you just step back and say, you know what? I'm going to trust. I'm not going to take. I'm going to trust. Not my will, but yours be done. I'm not, I'm not sure that most of us think of prayer this way. I think most of the things I've heard over my lifetime is this. You say the right words, you do the right things, you have the right heart, whatever. There's all these qualifiers, and then you finally get the thing that you want. But clearly Jesus didn't get the thing that he wanted, which was for the suffering to pass from him. But this is what's really important. He had to go through suffering 
right, to come out of it. So if we can learn to surrender, if we can learn to let go, we go through things to come out of them. We go through things to come out of them. And then your attitude starts to change. Some people go through their whole life with a terrible attitude and they just tack prayer onto their life. I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. But a different attitude is like, God, I'm not getting what I want here. <laughs> I didn't see it going this way. I sure wish you could help me through this. But I'm not in control. You're in control. Letting go of control is the last and hardest thing to do. I think when you look at the story of Jesus' life, why, when he gets to the cross, it's the last thing. When he gets to the garden to pray, it's the last thing. And he says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. This can change you. And Paul writes this, then you can rejoice always, and you can give thanks in every circumstance. This doesn't make sense at first. I just got to be honest to you. I'm not thankful for this. This isn't working out right. But some people, listen very carefully, you will know, hopefully, you will know somebody that operates at this level. It's a, it's a, it's a seasoned grandmother, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a pastor that you've known. It's older. It's, it's some person that was in your life, a teacher, a coach, whoever, and, and they just get it. They've been through it. And they learn to be grateful in life, and they learn to rejoice. Otherwise, you will spend every part of your day, right, controlling and grabbing and clutching. You know what they are learning about science and prayer? And this is really not debated anymore. They don't really have any science about whether it changes God's mind. It's too difficult to study. I actually read about it. Too difficult to study scientifically. But here's what they do have scientific evidence about. Prayer changes people. It lowers their blood pressure. I mean, this is what they know. It literally changes people. Go figure. Some way, no, no magic formula, no magic words, but if you and I learn, I'll just call it this, giving that stuff over to God. First Peter, casting your cares on him, right? Whatever you whatever words and language helps you, it's giving that stuff over to God so that you're not it's not saddling you and burdening you and worrying you and carrying you down. People come out of here all, almost all the time. So, man, I feel so much better. And you know why? It's because for a little bit of time you gave your worries somewhere else. And the, what you need to do is just to do it more often. Don't put them right back on and then try to figure them out and let them weigh you down and hold you down. But continually, just give the worries to God. You got somebody that's got you're so angry at, you want to judge them and blame them and condemn them and, right, vilify them. Put your hand up, all right? Give them to God. Groundbreaking prayer, Jesus says, 
pray for your enemies. This was brand new. This was completely new. We pray against our enemies, right? We pray that they lose. We pray that, that we win. We pray that they die. We pray that bad things. That's what, that's what people always believe prayer was. So Jesus says, no, pray, bless them. 